The Reef Therapy Podcast is powered by ICP Analysis. We know our corals need certain elements to survive, reproduce, grow, and color up. And you might be asking yourself why you want to know about these trace elements. Well, the answer is growth and color of your coral. ICP analysis will test over 50 elements down to parts per trillion. These tests can also be used to see if there's anything undesirable in your aquarium as well. It's super easy. Register your aquarium on the ICP analysis app, fill your sample, place it back in the box, slap on the included postage label, and have results one to three days after it's received. More at icpanalysis.com. This episode of Reef Therapy Ladies Takeover was recorded at Aquashella Daytona. Fish stream. It is Evie here, and we're going to do the premiere episode of Reef Therapy Ladies Edition here live at Aquashella in Daytona. And let me introduce you guys to my teammates. We have Jen. Hi, everyone. And then we also have Chelsea, and we have Sarah. So what we're going to do with this episode today is we're going to kind of get you guys to where you get to meet the team. And then we're going to discuss some stuff that we've already been kind of like having some fun about with on the couch. So let me start with you, Jen. I'm going to give you the mic since we're sharing. Okay. So tell us a little bit about yourself. My name's Jen. I'm the owner of New Wave Aquaria in Minnesota. Don't you know? No, I'm just kidding. Don't you know? <laughs> and I've been doing it for 26 years. Uh, we have a, a strong maintenance company as well as a brick and mortar store. Also doing some really fun initiative things. Uh, we have Project Homegrown going where we are coral farming, as well as I just got back from Indonesia, um, visiting the farms there. So we're huge into uh, mariculture, aquaculture, and then captive raised fish too. So that's where we're where we're headed. Cool. Okay, so Chelsea, you can go next. Thank you, talking stick. <laughs> um, I'm Chelsea. Uh, I own Aquatic Aptitude, which is a service company based out of North Carolina. And then on the art side, I, I really love doing the saltwater aquascaping. I'm trying to get that, you know, as big as the freshwater aquascapers at some point would be yeah. awesome. And you already smoked Kevin Bird at once. This is true. Yeah. yeah. We I do hold that, that title morning. right now. And then I run away every time it comes back up so I can keep holding the title. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I'm not giving it up. Okay, Sarah? Uh, I'm Sarah. I'm director of animal collections at Butterfly Pavilion. So uh, I work on the public aquarium zoo side of the hobby, basically. So, uh, I do a lot of work with coral uh, restoration and conservation, as well as working with an AZA on aquatic invertebrates specifically. I'm on the steering committee for their taxon advisory group. Yes. So we got big brain energy all over the couches. Um, I am Evie. Uh, a lot of you guys may be familiar with me. I'm associated with Fritz Aquatics. I am the Midwest uh, Regional Manager, and I also am the lead for Vitalis, which helps provide some of the nutrition for the larger facilities across the U.S. And then I also am the field reporter with Reef Builders as well, so some of you all may recognize me from that. And then I also help out with Aquashella, and we're here on Fish Stream, so we're all just kind of yeah. doing it all, you know? Um, so ladies, something that we talked about earlier this morning, it was me and Remy and Julian, and um, I'm totally having a blank out moment, Kevin, Berta. Um, we talked about something that we referred to as like fashion corals, trendy corals. What is something that you all also see becoming very popular right now in the industry? How do you all observe even what it is that's becoming trendy how do you see it how do you where do you see it going okay i'll start because 
we have the store and I'm super excited because we're bringing them back from Indo, but Ghanis are a big deal right now. I mean, it, you can see throughout the show, a lot of people, there's so many different colors. And I think what's important is, or I think why they're coming, circling back around is we're able to frag them now and, and be successful because before like brown jelly gone, but now we're able to sustain them and keep them. Um, when I was in Indonesia, we picked out some of the most insane colors, like not even real colors. So I'm super excited. And when we put them in our aquarium, we make like little Ghani gardens. So it's like yellow, pink, red. And so I think that the color too, and then also it's like that lower level of your tank. So yeah. it's like, as the flow keeps people interested. It's empty down there sometimes. Yeah, and so it gives that color, that flow, no need for an anemone yeah. per se, but yeah, that's where, that's one thing that's super hot right now. Well, I think that's important talking about how things are coming back into fashion. Um, Cause in like the early 2000s, there was a lot of coral that we just couldn't keep alive. And I think now too, the technology's better, the foods are better. We know a lot more about the different species. Uh, so I think we're gonna see a lot of coral that were unique and interesting from earlier years in the hobby that we just couldn't keep alive, finally being able to be kept in aquariums. And I think that's gonna be really cool to see how those come back and in what ways they come back. I completely agree because I think it's more like it's more of those forever pieces what I call them so it's the piece that will forever um chalices are another one that I really really love um and they are starting to come back for like 10 years not that big of a deal now they're coming back so you can you see all the different coloration and, and stuff but I have the original the OGs so you see the OGs come back and like oh I used to have that but now I don't so yeah. I'm excited to see some of those um, coming back too because they're easily fragged and they're sustainable so it's stuff that we can or they drop off the little babies i know i enjoy it when they do that you're like yay automatic fragging, fragging. yep <laughs> and they're super easy to cut now um i mean when i cut a chalice i can make 20 30 frags and i lose zero so i think that that's another uh trendy one as well i'm excited for that one too i i like the um with convict chalices i have a little collection of those and they, you know, of course, start like this big, but that they are so beautiful. And then when they get to a decent size, you cut them and it's just like, at some point you'll have a showpiece. And I think that's when they'll really, really look great. They almost look like Monty caps too, when they get big yeah. enough. Yes. So you can layer them. Like you were talking about aquascaping. You, I use corals instead of rock. Obviously I use my rock as a base structure, but use the corals and fill in and actually make it look like a real reef. So yeah. I can use, like, I have these huge chalices that look like different levels of Monty. I love that idea, that, that concept. Because really a lot, some of the, I guess the OGs, the uh, Miami hurricane, the, um, oh, I'm drawing blanks, the toxic pie, the, they don't have long sweepers. So you yeah. can layer them this way. And then it fills out that, those back areas where it's not like under any, um, light also I've done a ton with chalices so you can take them and you can play with color based on lighting so right. I raise them up then it turns this color I drop them down and gets a nice colored rim on it you can also a lot of people don't realize play with thickness of coral with flow so coral that are growing in lower flow systems or lower flow areas are usually going to be more branching or thinner more delicate looking but if you can kind of sturdy them up if you want to with higher flow or encourage more delicate growth depending on what you're looking for so i think too coral have a lot more adaptability even morphologically than a lot of people realize and that can be played with a ton 
if you really like know what you're doing for aquascaping. Uh, on the topic of aquascaping, I thought it's interesting that you, you brought that up because when you're planning your aquascape, the coral can completely hide features of your rock that you think are really good as bare rock, but then they become different. So as you're planning your tank, even if you're using the click together rock pieces, look at that piece, maybe look up some of the, the colonies full grown, what the shape looks like. You know that, who's, who's that Pokemon where it's like the shadow of the yeah. Pokemon and you guess, I coral? want that for coral, like full yeah. colony sized coral. So you can look it up and be like, okay, here's the growth pattern, typical growth pattern, obviously, like Sarah was yeah. saying, it varies, but what's the typical growth pattern of this coral and how can I really make it fit into my aquascape and become a feature? Oh, that's a really, that's a really good idea. And then until you start throwing up, like, who's that coral? It's like a scully. It's like, psych, it's a discoma. Yeah. <laughs> I want to be able to, like, pull it up and be like, okay, like, I can put this here and this here. And then it's like, it's it's more about the shape of the coral than the shape of your rock. But yet you've made the rocks that you have space for each type yeah. of coral. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. And having a plan. I mean, that's where it just goes back to. Yes. We're, I mean, let's be honest. We're in that era, I guess, where we want it done yesterday. So, we, I mean, nobody plans for what big colonies or they want the instant colony. But we Don't just... start this with a plan? Yeah, I'm right? A yeah. few years I, in, you, you're like, oh, I wish I had a plan. Oh, I wish I had a plan. I totally would have moved that this way. I'm guilty of that. Everybody's been there and done that with at least one animal. Yeah, usually it's like a xenia. <laughs> That's all you need to say about that. Yeah. I just said xenia or GSP, green star pop. Yeah, right? You're like, so we've tried to make green star pop, like, bring it back as a joke, kind of make it fancy. So we call it Indonesian lawn coral. <laughs> so it sounds fancy, you know. But, I mean, it, a lot with that, too. Or, like, or like pa certain pallies or mushrooms where you're like, oh, that would be really awesome. And too bad it's not a jawbreaker. It's one of the watermelon ones and now you have them growing up the sides of your acros and yeah. growing everywhere well and i think too right if you're even if like say you do early on get a xenia because it grows quick yeah. you'll fill out your tank right it, it can be really beneficial for somebody who wants that instant gratification no, that's there, fair there are instant gratification corals but you can also play to the strengths of other corals right if you island off that xenia with like some torches and galaxia they're gonna keep that coral from getting anywhere That's else utilize coral warfare for your benefit sometimes yeah, too if is. you need to contain something that is relatively invasive so i actually when you're saying that i think we go with ig which is instant gratification versus og which is the original yeah. original i like that i think that because there are so many of like even galaxia like i they're beautiful, but like with that, a with yeah. a fourteen inch sweeper tentacle that can sing anything outside your aquarium. I mean, not really, but yeah. I like that idea of kind of making barriers with your corals. I mean, that's what happens on the reef, yep. and we all freak out about like if one piece dies. Oh no, my tank! It's but but that's what happens in the wild. And so you like for for instance, in my tank, I use a hydnophora to keep back these pallies that I didn't put in there. We got in there somehow. But I, I don't want to go in there and cut them up and risk the palytoxin. So I just let the hydnophora kind of fight them off and keep them in, in one corner. I mean, that that's what happens in nature. So I love that you brought that out. That's interesting because I, I going to Indonesia and diving too, you get to see a lot of these. In, you know, 90% of our corals come from there. They call it the coral triangle. And so you see all of these things and how they naturally grow. And then certain species, though, I'm like, okay. 
that's what that's supposed to look i that's not for me like you'll see certain acros that are like grow super dense or super thick and, and you see it as a full colony like that will shade off everything let's just stay away you're like that. i don't you have, have no time to turkey baste like all the dust particles oh that gosh, are going to yeah. build up in there i mean unless yeah. i have like a tidal pool that's like going to swoosh everything right. out it's not that's not going to work stuff every now and but uh, but when you do go diving like i you see the torch corals, you see the hammer colonies, and you see where they're like juxtaposed, they're like tucked underneath the acro colony. So they're doing exactly what the acro protects them, but they also keep them at bay where the torch, the acro can't grow underneath it, and then the torch can, can grow there. Well, I think something a lot of people don't realize too, uh, if you don't get the opportunity to dive and see coral, is that the coral in the ocean often look vastly different than how they're presenting in our aquariums. We've got a Caribbean coral, um, it's a Eusmillia fastidiata, and it is super skinny and brown in the wild. Like, it just looks like, like it's unhealthy in the wild. Even when it's healthy, it looks unhealthy. Yeah. But when we got it in our systems, like, and we're able to feed it and give it all the TLC, it plumped up. It looks like the mix of like a Duncan with um, like a Calastria, like a candy cane coral mixed with a Duncan. Oh, it's the one that like you sit in the front. Yeah, because yeah, it's my favorite. That's, that's, that's my favorite child. Yeah, it's your favorite. Yeah, yeah. I had yeah. to nurse that thing back from like death's door and it became my baby. It's quadruple in size. Like it's not an easy coral to care for. It's a pain in the butt, but I love it so much. But it what it looks like in our tanks is like greens and purples and corals you just don't see. And I yeah. think that's something too, that you can see stuff on the wild and it might look vastly different in your home aquarium based yeah. on your lighting, your flow, your feeding regimens, things like that. Yeah, 100%. So now talk to us a little bit about that coral because it is your favorite. I wanna know about your favorite coral because you really do love that one. That one, it's my baby. I've considered getting a tattoo of that specific coral. That's um, love. Which yeah. is love. Because it's not love. like the prettiest nice. coral yeah, either. Only you know what that tattoo is. Oh, 100%. Like, yeah. Like, well, well, and it's going to look like a bruise because it's going to be brown. Yeah, so. right? <laughs> the, uh, the amount of people who could clock that ID from a distance would be very, very minimal. Um, but it's a, you know, it's a labor of love. Um, Eusmillia fastigiata is just such a, the Caribbean corals in general, I have a particular passion for and love for. And it's really unfortunate that they aren't un available in the hobby. And it's because that reef has just been under attack constantly from disease and things like that. Um, I would love for that reef to one day be at a place where people in the hobby could have those coral because they're, they're stunning and morphologically, like they're just unique in a way like so unique and so different from a lot of the coral we're able to have access to from the Indo. My favorite Indo coral though, that people actually can get a hold of are um, fox coral. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I don't know why, like I always just remember work, OG working it's at the store coral. and anytime we got a fox coral in being like, I want that coral and like saving up for it and it would sell before I could get enough money for it. And I was I like- I think it's like the structure though. Cause you can yeah. put it so, like we're talking about aquascaping, you can like, Kind of make it fit into somewhere and it builds out nicely and yeah. people are always like well, it's like elegant but not an elegant yeah and, it's yeah, just kind of a unique. candy cane not a yeah. candy cane it's yeah. like it's like the happy medium between and they're like super easy to care for they yes are. Yeah. yeah like that's the thing i feel like you don't have to have difficult to keep coral to have something visually unique and stunning and really it's the morphology of that coral that's impressive not necessarily the color itself because it's like a uh, usually like a greenish Green, yeah. right green coral, you know,
but uh, they're just so cool, and I love them. And I also like uh, the Blue Ridge corals, the Heliopora, you know, and that's for sentimental reasons. My dad had one when I was growing up, I and I associate that with him. So I think favorite coral can just be based on what you're good at caring for, what you like to see, or something that has personal meaning. Yeah. Or what your tank does well, right? Because right. tanks grow corals differently, and so, like, my tank specifically – is pretty LPS heavy. Like I love favias. Um, and so I have a lot of favias in there. I've figured out which ones can touch, which ones can't touch. Yeah. Um, but it, you know, go by what your tank is really telling you. Don't try to jam a bunch of corals that you know aren't going to do well. Cause really you're just gonna, that that's how people leave the hobby is they get all this stuff that they can't care for. They've spent all this money on it. So just, just for a while, go with what's doing well in your tank. And then maybe you can change things once you're you're into it. You know how to test. You know how to look visually for how that coral's you know doing, how it's healing, how it's acting. Just like our fish. Yeah, one hundred percent. Because there are good corals that will communicate with you. They're great indicators of water quality and experience canary any coral. issues. Yeah, canary, yeah. Coral. <laughs> yeah, canary <laughs> coral. Yeah, canary corals, which is an excellent term to use. Um, I love the Blue Ridge. I've always loved the Blue Ridge. I think it's so fascinating, especially whenever people see it and they don't realize what it is. It's almost like that undercover agent coral. Yeah. So, but I do, I do love that. But I'm, I'm a huge SPS and a huge Zoa fan because I just love all the different colorations that are out there. I literally cannot remember all of the names that exist anymore for the zoanthids because we have like a million now. Okay. But if you can run through and do any random like psychedelic bang like blah 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 hornet that one probably exists and it's really a, probably a really cool color because they do they're, they're such crazy names what's your og zoa though like your original one that my like, og used to be blue expensive hornet. but now it's blue, blue hornet. hornet okay blue hornet okay. the og blue hornet though right 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 the big, the big polyp, polyp. Not, yeah. the, not the micro <laughs> one that is terrible to frag okay i can frag it but i don't oh, like the polyps to. are so close together yeah it's like a mat but yeah blue hornet blue ridge i guess i, I guess i like blue what do you like blue. what's yours for those any of them what's your, who's your favorite coral um my favorite i love chalices i always yeah, i always have and it, i'm just i've always been good with them so i've, I've spliced actually the miami and the mummy eye Oh. Um, so I ended up, and then I raised it up super high with light. And so I ended up with an orange center, a green rim and purple streaks through it. And I've actually, I sold it probably, I sold frags of it like 10 years ago and I've actually seen it come back. Oh, I've seen it at the show better. like that I, it came and I know for a fact that I am the OG of that one and I still have it in my display too, but the red tide too is half red and half purple and I've had that one for a really, really long time, probably like 15 years and it, it just stopped growing randomly uh, about five years ago and now it's growing again. So I'm good with that one as well too. Also, um, I didn't name it, but the pink boobies is always, is is, is definitely <laughs> a, a favorite. I mean, it is so one. bright pink. When it had hit the scene, immediately everyone was like, I said boobie. We're, we're all children at heart. I know. Yeah, it was everywhere. So that chalice totally does exist. There's yes. a few corals that have some. There are. Those have some yeah. crazy some fun They are, yeah. The, the the pink boobies chalice what i've seen with that one though you're talking about with thickness have you played with the thickness on that one because the yeah. one that i have is is it's thick i can't get it to plate so much it as doesn't it really plate. It so it's gonna, yep yeah. so there's certain i think it's 
just certain um, ones like the mycidiums, I think um, they grow, they like grow kind of wicked yeah. and kind of bumpy and ridgy where certain ones. Yeah. And, but so you can't force longer, it out. No, you can't. Ah. But the longer, in my opinion and in my experience, the longer that are the least amount of wild tissue, you can get them to do more. So I have full plates of like um, the golden eye, I don't know, whatever some other people call them, the Miami and the mummy that like literally plate out. But I also use them for bare bottom tanks too. And I cover the whole bottom with all different oh, kinds of chalices. Cool. I've seen that. I've seen people do that with chalices. And I've seen people do that with the encrusting money caps as well. And it just looks like splatters of paint yes. that have just like totally taken over. And it, it is so beautiful, but it is a very long process. Yeah. Do not think you will accomplish that within like a year, especially if your tank's like six feet long. It's yeah. just not going to happen. <laughs> You guys start with a bubblegum tank. It looks like chewed up bubblegum. Oh, okay. well, look does, at this one. It, it and they're like, blah, blah. that was how much? And it's like the size of your pinky We don't now. say. We no, don't say we how don't much. Say. <laughs> I got the one eye. The one eye is going to go right here in the middle. And then six months later, you're like, two eyes. Two eyes. We used to have a like a RPOS system at our local fish store when I did that you could go on and look at all that you have spent even with your store discount and we oh, had no, to stop no, doing no. that because no. it was like wait i work here i get you know discount and it's ooh, okay oh. <laughs> i gotta have yes. birthday yeah, this I, week i i tried to check my husband on that because everybody knows he's a, a scully collector oh yeah. and uh we had hundreds would have hundreds of them and I'm tired of the just one more, just one more, just one more. I said, you just write down how much money you have in there. And then I'll let you have one more. And he won't do it because but this one's a different color. Yeah, this one. And this one has this and this. It's like, okay, enough is enough. Like you have enough, but you'll never have enough. It doesn't like, matter what I said. When you open that Dunkin' Donuts donut top and there's just every single yes. different one. And it does in make there. a beautiful display. I started making trees out of them, like scoly trees. I've seen that. That's, so that's yeah. what I do. I take branch rock and then I'll, because they roll like this naturally in the wild for feeding. And so you can put them all together and it just looks like an unrealistic like highlighter that just blew up everywhere. Doesn't the Reef Builder Studio have a tank where the schoolies are up off so, the yes. tank bottom? So we did, we did have one like that. We were trying to currently like manicure it and change it up a bit um, because we want to add a little bit more variety to it. Um, but we will probably more than likely bring that one back into like as being a centerpiece. But right now a main focal point that Jack recently created is that he's doing like this really neat um, leather tank where he's done a wide variety of the leathers. And if you have been in it for a while, you appreciate leathers for what they can do. Mm -hmm. And you can appreciate like the vast range of different varieties there are. And when you see so many different ones together, you're like, man, that is so cool. In even though it's got like a decent amount of lack of color, they're just neat corals in general, especially if you have like the the really old school like neon yeah, green yeah. spaghetti leather. Yeah. yeah, you've got all those oh, guys yeah. in there. Yep. Don't sleep on them as showpieces. Everyone tries I to know. chop them up when they get certain size. I know, and yeah, and they're awesome. And they they're are awesome. they're quite they are quite they stunning. Can, they can be nutrient hogs. Yes. So they can alkalinity. Oh nutrient. my gosh. They can suck alkalinity if you're not expecting it. Mm -hmm. um, we got a, a large green leather that was donated to us. And honestly, I'm still not 100% sure of the species of it. It's like an OG, um, kind of like an Epthia, but not fully. And we threw it in our system and our alk plummeted. 
and it took us a, it took us a couple of days to realize what was happening. We're like, the system does not have any SPS, no LPS. Like, what is going on? We're like, oh no, it's Patricia. We're like, we named. Oh my god, <laughs> we named her. Um, we're like, oh, Patricia's just like messing up our water. You know, sometimes you name things weird. Oh things. my god, that's fair. She was a Patricia, and now she's in one of our our on display tanks, and she looks fabulous, and is a huge and takes up probably like 12 by 16 inches of space. Like this is a big leather and she's gorgeous. Something that I just thought of another trendy coral. I didn't see a lot here, but um, the endophilia, I, that hasn't been in the industry for, in my, uh, that I've seen a ton, but it's like a cross between almost like an acanthophilia and a cyanarena. But the yeah. colors that you see, we're bringing some really awesome ones in, but the colors are amazing. And you can also, they're like big, fat fluffy pillows yeah. so you can put them all next to each other on the bottom and they can even touch next to acanthos as well and so that's another super trendy those are so you put those and then up so they're super easy to care for as well and then you yeah. have your leathers up top you now you have like this big fluffy tank it's <laughs> and it, it, well because if be you down for a fluffy tank if like in indo there's there's leathers everywhere so there's leathers growing in between acros so when people say oh you can either or either or I don't know about that. I have had, though, like, have you ever had where you didn't take into consideration your flow well enough and you had a leather slime. before slime, like an yeah. SPS, and you're just like, it sometimes takes a long time to figure out what's happening if you don't know that they'll shed that mucus. And um, we had, I remember having a, somebody come into the store when I worked at it, and he had this beautiful SPS colony that was just, he couldn't figure out what was happening. And I was like, do you have a leather between that and your flow? Downwind. Yeah. Is it downwind yeah. downstream? <laughs> uh, and yeah, downwind absolutely. That was the shit. issue. I, my only other gripe is how they smell. Not an oh, anemone. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, man. Do, uh, like they have a uh, So do acros though. I love, I love like, acros. Yeah, I like yeah, that's that a good smell. smell. But there's a lot of smells. To the there's a lot of smells. <laughs> can be a smelly hobby good or bad you know what i i don't see anymore but i'm not also not like in stores all the time so maybe you guys do snake polyps yes do you remember those in the studio they are so awesome so they underappreciated grow just not at all i don't though. know a lot about them <laughs> do you I guess. think it's because don't they open at night they're they nocturnal feeders. Night. They're so nocturnal feeder. it's like, um, There's not just a whole lot known about their growth pattern, I think, or even how to entice them to grow faster. Like, you can't necessarily, like, shove some pellets down them right. and get them to pop out 10 more. That's think, the downside. I think that might be part of it. Because, like, I'm watching a tank right now that has some, and they just look like closed zoas that are a little bit elongated. Mm -hmm. They're kind of brown. Like, but And, like, he said, well, they open at night. But who's there to, like, you know, wait for that coral to open at yeah, night? So maybe exactly. that's it. But I think that's something we're sleeping on as a hobby because so many coral display different like forms or, or do different things at night. Like your tank is also active at night. And I think if you design a tank that is beautiful during the day, but also has really cool behavioral things going on at nighttime and do like night feedings or things like that, you can actually provide better nutritional support for some of your coral that maybe have nocturnal feeding patterns. And you get a 24-hour tank instead of a 12-hour tank. That's, that's yeah, cool. wild stuff that. going on in there that. at night. Yes. Yeah, I mean, use your flashlights, guys. Like, go. I mean, there's some yes. wild stuff that going on. That used to be such a thing in the beginning for me was I would go down there. The lights have been off for, like, three hours, and I'm hunting for stuff. So Use red light, too. Red yeah, light red is light usually going to – it 
snakes getting um, taken out of the water column earlier. So a lot of animals, their red light receptors aren't as adapted in the ocean. So it's less invasive to the animals in your care. So they keep doing what they're doing so you can... Well, ladies, we actually flew by that whole entire time thing. So like, now we're done. Now we know we have to hurry up and like start getting this on the schedule regularly because we... I love this. We do so well together. Did you? Did you uh, yeah, fun? I had a great time. Oh yeah, yeah, I had a lot of fun. Yeah. I mean, four awkward women that are kind of shy and have nothing to say. I mean, I know, come right? on. I I can't can't the last time I was sitting here, three other like chicks talking about yeah. this. Yeah. So yes. This was great. Okay, well, um, I hope you guys really enjoyed this. It was a pleasure to be able to do the premiere right here at Aquashella Daytona, and we will all see you soon on the next Lady Takeover Reef Therapy.